The Teeth and Not Tools podcast is powered by the WebPageSite.com. If you'd like to work directly with the dentist marketing success team and receive personalized coaching and support to optimize and grow your dental practices, marketing, and revenue, visit theteethandnottools.com to find out more and apply. Welcome to the Teeth or Not Tools podcast. I am your host, Edward Ferguson. My team and I are on a mission to help 500 dentists double their leads and dominate their service area by 2026. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into the world of dental marketing where you'll learn strategies and tactics to grow a highly profitable dental practice. What is website accessibility? In this episode, in a series of five, my guest Ari Elbaz of Accessibility and I hope to define what website accessibility is and what it means for your dentist's website. Full disclosure, we are an Accessibility affiliate partner. Let's go. What is website accessibility? A lot of people hear that word uh, just thrown out there, accessibility, and you know, you think about the you know people in their wheelchairs, you think about people on crutches. And those coveted parking spots, well, what does right. it really mean in the digital space? So let's go ahead and break that down. Yeah, it's a great question. So, you know, just the same way that a restaurant would have a ramp to accommodate that person in a wheelchair, web accessibility is about making those accommodations for people with disabilities in the digital space. So there are a few major challenges uh, that many people uh, in the disabilities community face when they're trying to interact with content online. And I'll give you an example. Uh, one of the examples is keyboard navigation. So someone with a severe um, physical disability might not be using a mouse. They're going to be using their keyboard. And the universal key that they're going to be using to navigate through a site is the tab button. So sometimes you may have done this in the past, Edward, too. It's like, you know, you try to tab through a form and you just use the tab button to get through. Now, that's all fine and good. But uh, oftentimes, if a website is not accessible or hasn't made the adjustments uh, towards accessibility, what will happen is they'll press on that tab key and they'll skip over the entire menu. They'll try to get to the shopping cart. It's impossible. They might fill out a job application and then hit enter and nothing happens. So that makes it completely inaccessible to them and they are not able to do some of the more uh, important things in their life. Like I said, maybe a job application, maybe setting up a vaccine appointment, uh, a doctor's appointment, things that are critical to their daily lives. And so we need to start making those adjustments in the digital space to accommodate people with disabilities there as well. Wow, that's that's super super important. Uh, we were we were chatting actually before we uh, before we started the stream, and we were just relating uh, to the fact that you know as we get older, our body changes, and so you know accessibility isn't just for people that are born with this. Am I am I correct, Ari? Totally. It's it's a really good point. I find that uh, there's a saying that really good accessibility is good for everyone. And what I mean by that is if we go back to that ramp reference, if you look at that ramp outside that restaurant, the people that are using it are not just people with, dis with disabilities or on crutches or even in wheelchairs. There might be a mother pushing her stroller. There might be a man with his bike. There might be an elderly person that is just would rather go up the uh, a ramp because it's safer for him. So the same thing goes for digital accessibility. The, some of the adjustments that we make are, for example, I wear reading glasses. I'm, I'm not a young guy, so I have to wear these reading <laughs> glasses. And so I come across a website that may have very small font or the contrast doesn't really work for me and I can't read very well. So I can use this tool to increase the size of all the fonts, to increase the size of the entire website, 
to uh, change the font to something that's more readable, to change the contrast. All these things give me the ability as a person who just has you know, difficulty reading a small font to make those adjustments on the fly. So it really increases the access, not just to people in the disabilities community, but to everyone. Yeah, as, I, as you go through this, I'm thinking about just in my life and, and my family. So you know, my relatives are getting older, vision is, is not what it used to be. Uh, and then also in terms of just inner circle in general, I mean, even young people, um, there's people that have been in car accidents and they have limited mobility in their in their hands. Uh, my wife, personally, she's a physical therapist, so she deals with like trauma uh, injuries, whether it's um, sports related or whether it is um, environmental injury. Um, so there's so many different things out there uh, that can impact a person's mobility. And, you know, it, it's out there. So, you know, in, in terms of um, websites in general, so a lot of people are going to say, okay, so great presentation, guys. Is my website, isn't, isn't it accessible by default? If I can see the website on the computer or on my phone, isn't, isn't that how it comes by default? Exactly. Yeah, that's, a really good, that's a really good point. So a lot of people think, look, accessibility uh, digitally is, is kind of like innate, right? You just kind of go to the website. Anyone can go to a website and it should be okay. But like we talked about, for example, from, from a keyboard navigation standpoint, if you're not making those adjustments, then it's completely inaccessible to someone with a disability. Now, let's talk about another kind of inaccessibility. People who have very low vision or who are blind, they're going to rely on their screen reader to tell them what is in front of them. So again, if we're not making those adjustments for that population, wait, wait, wait. What's it? What? Hold up. I don't. I, I don't even think I've seen a screen reader in my life. Could you? Could you tell us what a screen reader is? Absolutely. So someone who is blind is going to be using a technology called a screen reader, and essentially, what is going to go through the entire site and it is going to aud uh, audibly describe what is in front of them. So in order for it to work properly, there needs to be descriptions there. So I'll give you an example. Usually, websites have a lot of images. And, and uh, to code those images, you're going to need what's called alt tags, basically image descriptions. But the majority of uh, website owners and developers don't include alt tags because they're expensive to produce because there's so many images and usually images are dynamic and being changed and uploaded and uh, taken down, all of these things. So as a result, when you have an AI technology like Access Widget that can create alt tags on the fly, that allows the uh, screen reader to pick up that description that's been created and then give the user that is blind a uh, real context of what is in front of them. Again, that's making a huge shift from inaccessible to accessible for that particular user. So are these like physical devices? Are they apps? Are they screen readers? So those are actually, you can download them. They're, most of them are free. The, the major ones are free. There's one that's called, it's called JAWS that is a paid one, and it's basically a, a software that is there for people in the disabilities community, specifically those who are blind. And yes, they're used across that entire community. So it's really important for technology and software to work in conjunction with those assistive technologies to give that user the best possible experience. Wow. So it's on, I, I can see this working for a mobile device and desktop, Mac or PC, and that sort of thing. That's, 100%. That's great information. And one other thing to note, as we were talking about sort of like the, the, the population of people in the disabilities community, if, if some people don't realize that when you accumulate all of the disabilities communities, right, cognitive disabilities, motor disabilities, uh, visual disabilities, we're talking about something in the neighborhood of 20 to 25% of the population. So almost one in four Americans 
have a disability that inhibits them in some capacity. One to four Americans, like, yes. you know, it's like three of them are going to have issues. It could even be me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you think about it, people, for example, who are colorblind, they're going to have issues uh, navigating certain sites. People who have cognitive disabilities, ADHD, that they might have certain issues focusing and understanding certain uh, certain parts of certain sites. So when you really start to kind of widen your scope and start to think of all the different disabilities communities and accumulate them all together, this is a very significant part of the population. And so the idea of web accessibility then becomes a pragmatic issue of, hey, if I'm going to be spending all this money designing my website, driving traffic to my website, I want to make sure that everybody that goes there can access my content. And also, that includes the, dis the disabilities community as well. Thank you for listening through to the end of this episode. As a reminder, new episodes arrive each Tuesday. If you have an idea for the show, like to be a guest, or get more great tips on how to optimize and grow your dental practice, visit us online at teetharenottools.com.